It's time for To The Max Sports, where we talk about sports. They're just two guys, Max and Drew, in a bar talking all things sports. Well, without the bar. And the beer. Wait, why aren't we in the bar? Hello, folks, and welcome to To The Max Sports. I'm here with my trusty cohort, Max Arandando, along with brother Bob. He's working the controls, and as usual, on cameras, we have Jason. Folks, we got an exciting show lined up tonight. We're going to do an interview with a young man who's making big headways in the uh, tennis community on the Futures Tour. He's got, got a commitment to USC. All so right. That's pretty cool. But keeping with our tradition, which we always start off with, NFL picks. And uh, full disclosure, as usual, on a Thursday night, we don't know what the score is. So uh, it's the Colts versus the Jets. The Jets. Um, looks like you may have found a quarterback, brother Bob. Oh, I'm not a Jets fan. My dad was a Jets fan. Oh, I, I, I think thought, the Jets are another dumpster fire. Oh, I thought you were a fan. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, the Jets now have two quarterbacks. So anyway, they got a guy named Mike White, who in 2018, with the 182nd pick of the NFL draft, the, the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys yeah. select. Mike White. Yeah, he looked pretty good last week. Actually, he did. He beat my bungles. They always find a way to lose. Uh, I've got the score in 19-17. I'm going to take the Colts in a close one. And I'm going to go 14-21. Okay. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Indy. Gotcha. Okay. Can I pick a tie? <laughs> sure, a red one, a blue one. Oh, no. Yes, I know. Can I pick a beer? <laughs> I almost forgot. I mean, yeah, you, you have a quarterback who had a good game last week. You have Wentz who did Indy make a mistake by bringing him in? There's questions about that right now. Yes. Yeah. And there's a locker room talk that maybe he wasn't the guy that he should have gone after. Maybe, maybe we should have like a flex out of the Thursday game and bring another game back in. They because should. who cares? I mean, who care. really cares? That's actually pretty good. They should be able to have a flex. I mean, oh, I totally co- agree. college does it. You yeah. play at 11 or play at seven, depending on your record. Yeah. Good job. Anyway. It's not a very sexy matchup. That's, that's for sure. Um, keeping with tradition, I switched up and got me a Texas favorite here, Lone Star <laughs> beer. No comments? Oh, I thought you were, thought you were talking about the picks. <laughs> Keep going. I thought you were talking about beer. <laughs> As always, drink responsibly, kids. So we got our NFL picks for uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Uh, by the way, you went 5-0 and on your high school, college, and NFL picks. Yeah, I did pretty good. Yeah. I, I cheated. I asked my, my daughter, 8-year-old. <laughs> That's normally how it hits. Yeah. <laughs> and she was right. Yeah. You can't add logic to some of this stuff. But having said that, who do you like for your NFL picks this week? This week, uh, I'm actually going to go with the Titans and the L.A. Rams uh, game. I will be taking the Rams to win, but on the points, um, I'm going to take the points on that one. Okay. Um, What do you think about the Rams picking up uh, Von Miller? I think they just, richer, yeah, huh? they did. They just strengthened their team a little bit, but yeah. uh, they have the best offense, in my opinion, and, and their defense. They're, they're putting all the chips in, in the middle of the table. They're saying, yeah, they're really this is, because the question that I have for both of you guys is, so if they don't win the Super Bowl this, this year, what happens? I mean, they lose how many players next year, next couple of years. 
Yeah. Right? No, yeah, they got, it's all in. Chips are all in. Which is a pretty good move. So we'll see. And I think you made a pretty good move. I think you predicted that they were going to win the Super Bowl this year. I did. So yeah, let's so. let's hope it happens. In my second pick, I have the Packers uh, with Kansas City, and I'm actually taking Kansas City to win that one with the seven and a half points. Okay. With no Rodgers. No Rodgers, see him. But no love. You're, you're, you're not giving any love to the Packers. Not, no love. <laughs> you're not showing any love? No love to the Packers. Well, the kid's going to get his chance, so, and we're going to talk about uh, – we're going to talk about that situation later on the show, but they're giving the kid the chance here, so yeah. we'll see if he takes advantage of it. I have my Bengals, so I'm going to keep the faith. I, I think with their receiving core, their defense is solid. Um albeit whatever happened last week. But the Browns have some issues. We're going to talk about that also with they the do. with um, Beckham Jr. and his problems. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals minus two and a half. And then I also like the two dumpster fire teams. Okay, we got the Texans and the Dolphins. Okay, so <laughs> my, my feeling always in that, when you have two horrible teams with identical records, take the team that's getting points. Okay. So I'm actually going to take the Texans. Take the Texans and, and take the five and a half points that they're getting. Good. And okay. college. College. Uh, I have LSU going to Alabama. Alabama's going to win the game. But, um, well, you know what? Alabama's going to win the game and take the points on that <laughs> one. <laughs> because wow. when That's going out on the limb. <laughs> I mean, whether well, it's LSU and, and it's supposed to be a rival, but that's a dumpster fire. Where are they playing man. at? Uh, in, in Alabama. They're playing Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Ogeron can't do anything without Burroughs. <laughs> he can't. He can't. Oh, he can't. So, and my next uh, pick is going to be... He can Aub- chase frag girls without Burroughs. This is true. The, my next pick is going to be Auburn versus A&M. They're playing in College Station. They're both 6-2. and two. I'm taking A&M to win that game, but it's going to be close. So, uh, I'll take the points on that one. So, Go ahead and make that that's going to be the college... Uh, picks for me and yours. Okay. Uh, I've actually got uh, Baylor, your Bears. All right. Second Bears. Yeah, Second Bears. Uh, I'm a believer now, man. They're solid. They're minus six and a half. I think they will cover. And then I got Army. I'm a 20-year, 21-year Army veteran. I like them, and they are getting two and a half points. All right. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Can I do my college? I mean, my high school? Absolutely. High school. One high school, San Antonio, my Johnson High School, uh, my son's high school, they're still undefeated. They have one game left in district, and it's going to be Johnson winning again, going 10-0. and 0. Awesome. I'm going with my pick, Indians, until they lose. Yeah, they're, they're, in the, they're in the conference finals this week. They play tomorrow night. Good luck, Indians, my hometown team. Are they called the Indians? They're called the Indians. They're not the pickle football team yet. They are the Indians. <laughs> we have okay. not capitulated. But we'll see. <laughs> How are we doing on the phone call, Brother Bob? I'm going to wait to start until you are, are we going into it? Rock and roll. Okay, so let's let's actually hear it ring, too. Okay. And we're calling who now? Calling Ryan Colby. There it is. All right. Ryan Colby. He's a tennis player. Yep. All right. You know that movie's coming out with Will Smith? Is it? Hello. About the- Hello. Hey, how are you, Tina? Good, thank you. How are you? Okay, we got you on the air live. Uh, You were nice enough to give me some of your son's stats, so I'm going to go ahead and read them off. And Ryan, are you there? Yeah. Okay, if I miss something, you're going to have to blame your mom, okay? This is what (laughs) she gave me. 
Ryan Colby, age 18, number two in the United States, USTA National Clay Court Champion, Mid-Atlantic Section Champion, one of 48 top world players to play in the U.S. Open. He's headed to the University of Southern California on a scholarship, hopes to go pro, and not only that, he's a smart young man with a 4.4 GPA, and right now he's traveling around the world living his dream. So, dude, that's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm a tennis player myself. Um, down to pickleball now because of the bad knees, but <laughs> I'm still out, I'm still out there grinding, brother. But you know your story's pretty cool, and I always like to highlight um, people that have a pickle connection, which your mom does. Tina, what year did you graduate? Uh, do I have to tell? Sure. I was I was I was eighty five. Okay, I thought you were eighty five. I was eighty four. So you graduated. <laughs> you graduated with my brother Alan. I don't know if you remember Alan. Yes, I do. Yeah, little Alan. Yeah, we're all grown up now. So, um, <laughs> you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I'll ask you first, Tina. There's so much sacrifices. Max over here, he's a parent. The time, the commitment that, that a parent has to put in to, you know, help their child realize a dream, you know, hats off to you. Can you kind of speak to that <laughs> and, you know, the challenges you faced and the rewards of it? Yes, it's been a it's been a really long road and a um, a grind. Tennis is a year around sport, and he he had made a decision on his own, which wasn't parent driven. It was Ryan driven awesome. by the age of eight, and so the circuit for that runs you know from a thing that they call little mo's, and that's world competitions yeah. for children under twelve. That's right. and amazing competitions. And so oh, he yeah. started traveling about the age of eight or nine. By the time he was in sixth grade, he was at a preparatory school and um, USTA and him made a decision that it was time to leave school. So very hard decision for us as, as parents to um, let him live the dream. And financially with tennis players, it's extremely difficult because it's not funded through the United States. It's a personal funding. So yeah. it's a huge sacri sacrifice financially as well. And time, I mean, um, I've housed kids from all over the world, including Mexico, uh, Canada, um, the United States, Japan, in order to offset, you know, the about an eighty-five to $100,000 annual expense it, it, it takes to raise one of these. Um, and then, you know, it's been pushed from him in, in training. You know, he trains five to six hours a day. Um, he makes a 45-minute drive to get to his training center and then fits in um, APs and, and high school classes at the same time. On You know, one of the things that most people don't know is that three years ago, Ryan uh, lost a part of his elbow in um, clay court championships. So it was a pretty devastating news that we received that he was most likely never going to be able to play tennis again. And he underwent uh, um, more or less an experimental surgery. They, it was OCD, the capitellum, but they transplanted part of his knee to his elbow. And we didn't know how it was going to turn out. And after about a year of recovery and him learning how to play left-handed, he came back strong and won the won the tournament this past summer. The USTA clay awesome. gold in the 18s. Um, the same tournament that he found out that you know he lost a part of his bone in his elbow. So it's been a crazy ride. It's taken um, uh, uh, tons of people from his coaches to JTCC to his father to myself to his grandparents. Um, he's sponsored by Wilson and F uh, Fila. Um, with clothes and rackets to help with that funding as well. But it's, it's, uh, 
definitely uh, a grind, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Well, you're just giving me goosebumps telling, you know, the, that part of the story that I didn't know about. And, you know, a lot of people see the glamour side of tennis and they don't see, you know, when you're not at that elite level, it's, it's cheap hotels and it's a lot of travel and it's a lot of work. And people don't see the, the, the underbelly of the real tennis circuit with these kids, you know, trying to live out their dream and having a supportive parent. But you know what? Uh, I heard you say, and, and I like that because I see a lot of helicopter parents. You said something very key. You said it was his decision. I like and, that. and a lot of times I see parents, you know, trying to live out their, um, their child's dreams on the ones they didn't have. And, and that's a shame. And ultimately in a lot of situations, the, the you know, the, the kid just, gives up and quits and he, he says, I want to do this anymore. So Ryan, you know, hats off to you. I, I wish I could live your dream. I didn't have the talent. I had the heart, but not the talent. Can I ask Ryan a question? Yeah, absolutely. Hey Ryan, this is Max. Um, a quick question for you. Can you hear me, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, I do have a question because I like to watch tennis uh, when I get a chance, especially around July, around July 4th and all that. Right. Um, what do you prefer to play on clay, grass or hard court? Uh, I like clay. Clay. Why is that? Because um, my forehand's my better shot. So I, it's easier to run around it. So it does make it more Okay, so it does make a difference if you play on a clay, a hard court, or grass, depending on the speed. Will that fluctuate the speed of the of the ball? Is that correct? Yes. Oh, man. Well, I'm pulling for you. I love your story when Drew told me about it. So, man, you, you keep doing what you do, and USC is a phenomenal school. Here at Texas, we played uh, USC back in 2005. It didn't turn out so well, yeah. so well with uh, USC, but congratulations, man. You keep working hard and fulfill your dream. Trust me, man. To work hard like you're doing, phenomenal. So good yeah. for you. Good luck. And what do you prefer? You. I, I notice I see a lot. Well, I know you did well in singles, but I also see you play a lot of doubles. Um, speak to, to me a little bit about that. Do you have a preference? I mean, most, you know, most people that are healthy, they love the singles, but I'll tell you what, the, the doubles can be just as challenging and rewarding. Do you have a preference on what you prefer? Uh, yeah, I usually like singles more, but, um, doubles is very, very fun. Like it's, it's like the pressure's off kind of. Yeah. So, and like there's crazy points, so it's fun. Well, when you get to be my age, young man, you'll love doubles more than singles. Having said that, do you do, have the coaches talk to you USC and, and kind of had a vision if they want to put you primarily on the singles line or the doubles line? Um, yeah, I talked to them. I think I'm going to be in both. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're following a story tradition there at USC. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but USC has put out 15 singles champs. Uh, one of them, Farah, he, he's a, incredible. I'm sure you know who he is. Uh, he plays in the, uh, the doubles scene right now. And then Stevie. And, well, and I didn't know this is a good piece of news for both uh -huh. of you. And I didn't know it. So it just feels like it's meant to be. But the founder of USC, his last name is Whitney and he's from Piqua, Ohio. You're kidding me. Wow. So if you look it up and Donovan Whitney and, and I've had conversations about it, I couldn't believe it when, when I found out, but if wow. you look at who founded USC, it, it was, um, I believe his name's John Whitney oh, and he was from born and raised in Piqua, Ohio. That's crazy. And I know Donovan, man, he's a super guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he is. 
Well, then Stevie Johnson, too. He was a USC legend. I think he he won a lot of games consecutively. You know, he's had kind of a – he's had a decent career on the tour. He's been ranked as high as, I believe, 19 or 20. He's had a few struggles recently, but he's a, he's a great player. I love to watch him play. Um, we, we have a mutual friend. Pull up that picture of, of TFO. So, so tell me a little about, uh, let me tell you about this guy named Francis Tiafo, what I know about him. Um, this is another great story, Bob. His parents came from war-torn Sierra Leone in the early 90s, lost civil war, a lot of unrest. They settled in the Washington, D.C. area, and his dad got a job as a groundskeeper at one of the top uh, tennis parks there in the D.C. area. Uh, lo and behold, young Francis picks up a racket, starts playing, and now he's actually on the tour. Um, he's been ranked. I believe he's been ranked as high as in the 20s. I'm not sure where he's at now, but I got to know him, meet his dad. Phenomenal player. Uh, a little unorthodox, but, man, his game is just, it's exciting. He's fun. You can just feel the enthusiasm when he plays, and uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I understand you've actually played played with him a little bit, huh? Hey, can you tell me, uh, Ryan, how, how you know Francis and how you all forged a friendship? Yeah, so um, he's always been at, like, at College Park um, yeah, back for training for a while. So I kind of knew him, but kind of didn't. Um, just recently, though, I started hitting with him more. And, I mean, he's a great guy. He's, he's really fun on and off court. Um He's, he's come to Washington Clay before um, the Clay Court Tournament. Yeah. And, I, mean, I don't know. He's just, he's just a really cool guy to be around that. And I learned so much from him. He actually said to me, because um, he's trying to bring more, like, fun and excitement to the sport. And, and he, he said did. to me, like... Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. You go. No, I agree with you. He's definitely done that. He's so fun to watch. And... And his smile's infectious. And I get to see him and um, oh, the other Dustin Brown play uh, literally three feet away from me in the clay courts in Houston. That 250 ATP they play up there in April, which I'll go to every year because it's phenomenal. And your access there to the players. You know, tennis is one of those few sports now where you can actually have access to the players. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if you've seen Dustin Brown or met him, but Watching him and TFO and the fun they were having and the shots they were pulling off, it was really cool. Yeah, it must have been insane. They're both they're both crazy players to watch. Yeah, well, dude, we look forward to following your career. Please, um, please keep us posted on events you you attend and you go to. And of course, if you're ever in Texas, Houston, or the San Antonio area, you're more than welcome to come up and join our pod. We'd love to see you in person. And thanks again, Tina, for letting us uh, spend a little time with your son. No problem. Okay. Good luck, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, enjoy, enjoy college, man. Yeah, Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you, Tina. Take yeah. care. Thanks. Thank Bye-bye. You. So that's a pretty awesome story I didn't know about, man. Talk about overcoming adversity. Absolutely. That's a great story. So that's somebody that I wrote down in my notes here. And guess what? I'll be following USC. Yeah, it's going to be a lot That's of fun. awesome. Good for that. Thank you. Awesome. So I guess we're on to the next segment, which is our Ask the Max sports questions and uh, some a lot of news. Fair enough. Fair amount of news this week. Busy okay. news week. So I guess uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Was he immunized or was he vaccinated? 
<laughs> he was immunized. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when the story came out, um, you know, things just started kind of heating up a little bit. And part of the problem is Zoom meetings that uh, he didn't attend because, um, you know, uh, he led uh, others believe that he was vaccinated. It's going to hurt the Packers. He's going to sit out this game. He might sit out next week. Also. Oh, he has to sit out next week. Well, yeah. yeah. He, yeah he, he's not back until the thir- at least the 13th. Okay. And then what, what if somebody else is going to get test positive? That's what we're waiting for. So he's going to hurt that. And also the trust factor there. My biggest thing when I was thinking about that, good question, Drew. And I'm going to ask you a question. How, how would you feel as your wide receiver stood up with you all summer long, stood behind you and said, I, I have his back. I'm going to go. If he gets traded, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the team that he's traded. Now this comes out. How, how do you feel as a wide receiver? Adams, all he did is stand behind Aaron Rodgers. Now this comes out. I mean, how do you think that's going to play in the locker room? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of disappointment. I'm actually surprised. I actually, you know, kind of have a little respect for Cam Newton. Now he, he stated his case. He, he held the line and ultimately I really feel that if Rogers felt that strongly about it, you know, he should have held the line and said, Hey, here's, here's my position. Here's where I stand. You know, um, do you think the players association will, will, Jump to his defense? Or? Well, p- part of the problem is somebody uh, with the Packers knew because the reports had come out. They knew that he wasn't vaccinated, but they still let him take those meetings. They still let him talk to the media, yeah. uh, have those interviews without the mask. And that's the problem. The NFL is going to step in. And yeah. I think yeah. Roger Goodell is going to be upset. But, but, if you're, but if you're part of the P- Packers front office and you tell them, you know, hey, Aaron, as Aaron's going out to the podium, hey, Aaron, you need to wear your mask. You're not vaccinated. And Aaron goes, yeah. You know, whatever, dude. And he walks out to the podium. You have no leverage. And and the Packers definitely knew because, I mean, the story is that he actually applied for whether it was an exemption or something. He he pled his case that his alternative immunization should count. But that was turned down. And that was turned down. So everyone knew. And apparently, according to the story, he followed most of the protocol behind the scenes. It was. To yeah. all of us, he didn't. And he's leaving the Packers in the lurch. This is a big game for them. You know, they're, they're, playing, a, they're playing a Chiefs team yeah. that has to win. Has to win. Has yeah. to win. Has yeah. to win, yeah. And they're, they're going to put love out there? Yeah. And what were we talking about a couple of weeks ago? We were talking about the number one seed, how they changed everything. There's only one team in the NFC, one team in the AFC that gets that by. Well, now the Cowboys, we were laughing at them a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Now, if Green Bay loses a couple of games, uh, Rams keep winning. If Arizona loses another game, Tampa Bay's already lost two. So yeah. he kind of shook things up a little bit. Yeah, that scenario you created a couple of weeks ago, it may be playing out before our eyes. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see. see what happens. Yep. Good. Um, Texas coach, UTSA's coach. We had uh, rumored that he would probably go to Texas Tech, but uh, lo and behold, uh, UTSA stepped in. Backed up the Brings truck and said, how much you want? So it looks like trailer will be staying with. Good for UTSA, man. They're going to join a conference next year. And that was part of that money. That's where it's going. So, yeah. but also with, uh, with trailers money, um, his assistants are going to get paid as well. That's pretty cool, man, because now they're going to, they have a foundation here that he's building something and it's yeah. pretty exciting. One thing that I, I asked the, the fans in the city of San Antonio, let's get behind this team. Let's get these seats out there uh, filled for these guys. And he's doing a fantastic job. Trailer keeps winning the next couple of years. You know what? Um, He might step into LSU. Yeah. 
Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, nowadays, no matter what contract you sign, um, you know, <coughs> saving, <coughs> um, you can get out of it. At some you can get out of yeah. A couple of years, you don't know if Starks, uh, Sarkeesian doesn't start improving Texas, man. He could probably step in there as well. You never know. Never know. It, it, it's kind of cool. Um, I hope he does well. And like you said, we have a void now with the Spurs, the way they're playing. We, we have a void for UTSA to step in and get behind them and win. It's kind of sad. I, I don't know how serious it is. They're, they're not really saying a lot about it, but apparently Coach Sanders has been hospitalized. He's had some kind of foot foot ailment, and yeah. they're kind of hush-hush about it, but not a lot to talk about because there's really no news that's come out other than the fact that he's hospitalized, but you know, let's put let's put Dion in our prayers. Absolutely, I always liked him. You know, he had bravado, but it wasn't. Some people would have said it was an obnoxious bravado, and he was the start of the wide the obnoxious wide receivers, which we're going to talk about one in a few minutes. But you know, I always liked him. Plus, he was a like I said, he played for the Reds, so I can never knock. <laughs> yeah, let's just uh, keep him in our thoughts and prayers. Get yeah, well, So, talking about obnoxious wide receivers, uh, Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. What wow. Going on? Well, uh, this is his second practice that he's going to sit out. Um, it reminds me of back in uh, 2000, I don't remember what it was, 2004 or 2005, so, somewhere. Do you remember when Keyshawn Johnson was playing for the Bucks? Yeah. And he was having the whole thing with his coach, and they didn't they didn't trade him but they they deactivated him where he didn't he didn't play for the rest of the season and Keyshawn just sat there but then they traded him in the offseason to the Cowboys Odell Beckham Jr. he didn't get traded and in the, in the, when the deadline came and went he's still sitting out there I think this is going to be something similar where they just kind of sit him out there and he's not going to play for Cleveland again but my question is this uh, who's he going to play for if he couldn't play in New York he couldn't play for Cleveland who's he going to play for I mean uh, what team out there is going to take him? And, and that's what—that's a million-dollar question. Is he the, the Cam Newton damaged goods at this point? I mean, I don't think he's a damaged goods. I think he needs to find a, a, a system, a team where it's there's a strong, strong front office, strong coach, strong coaching staff. But Cleveland's not Cleveland's not that. I mean, it, it's almost a a Patriots yeah. type of situation. I can see that. I mean, what, what was it? Moss Moss was a little bit of a head case, and then he goes to goes to the Patriots, and yeah. we don't hear very much about him. And what's interesting is, you know, we talked to Tina and Ryan earlier, and we, you know, kind of t- Tina not being the helicopter parent, talking about helicopter parents. How about OBJ's dad, dad yeah. posting the eleven minute oh, long yeah. video of all the times OBJ was opening and throw to him? I mean, that, that's wow. insane. Yeah, that, that, why would you do that? I, I mean, mean you he's just, a grown ass man, and and you got your daddy, you know, you know, going to bat for you, and that's and that's therein lies the problem. I mean, the guy, he doesn't seem to want to put team first, and I, I, I just can't see Belichick saying, "Yeah, I, I think I can make him be a team first player." I mean, that's going to be the problem. Yeah, I mean, Patriots have other issues to deal with. I don't think they're going to bring in a head case as wide receiver. But But where does the guy go? Realistically, I mean, all serious. Honestly, I can see him something like the Rams. 
I mean, they can try him out for one year because his contract, yeah. if he clears waivers, then you can pick him up and you, you can always restructure a contract. You can always, I, I don't like when, oh, they're stuck with the contract. No, you, you can always restructure. Once they clear waivers, you can restructure, make it make it work, make it fit. But maybe the Rams take a shot at him because they did release, uh, what's his name, Jackson, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So they need speed. When, when O.J. Beckham Jr. is on, there's not too many people that can cover him. I agree. But what that's about, the thing. What, what about the Chiefs? I mean... Talking about what I consider to be a strong coach, yeah, Andy, you know, Andy Reid kind of, in my mind, is a little bit of a strong coach. Yeah. Would that be a good system for him to be in? He's got to buy in. He yeah. has to definitely buy in. He has to buy in that the ball is not going to be thrown to him every time he's open. Yeah. And, and maybe Reid's the guy that can do that. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Well, speaking of, you know, around the league this week, a lot of rookies showed up and they came to play. And as a result, some people aren't getting phone calls. Cam again, he's not getting a call. And uh, Philip Rivers, who's kind of announced out there the last couple of weeks, hey, if it's the right situation, I'm tan, rested, and ready and ready to step into a playoff-ready team. He hasn't gotten a call either, which I was kind of surprised. I thought maybe New Orleans would call, not necessarily Cam, but I thought they might call Rivers. Well, after watching even the Bears. I mean, after watching the Cowboy game, look what Cooper Rush did. And then when White with the Jets won, uh, give these guys that are backups right now, give them a little bit of time, let them do what they need to do. I say, you know, for Cam Newton, Phillip Rivers and these guys, they, they had their chance. They played long enough. Yeah. Um, they could only do it as, as much as they could at this point. Let the new guys come in. Let them come in. Let's get some new names out there. Let these guys win some ball games. Let these guys, uh, you know, stay on some teams and let's move forward. Yep. I don't want to go back a little bit. I'd rather move forward. And some of these young guys are proving their chops right now. Absolutely. Let's end the show with something I'm going to circle back. Um, the ratings came out with the college football rankings. And we had a little disagreement before the show. They have Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, yes, Oregon. and Ohio. State. Oh, Ohio State. Ohio State. The, sorry, the, the Ohio State. The University. Ohio State. Um, Mr. Blue Jeans has bought into the Ohio State University. <laughs> you don't think Alabama deserves to be two? And I say absolutely. I think they should be what? four. I mean, they lost to A&M in College Station. You should yeah. put them at four. You have Oklahoma that's um, way, way down there, and they're still undefeated. So why is Oklahoma eight? Well, I agree with you there. That that. They're eight because they they get Oklahoma gets put in the position in conversation that they're not beating the teams the way they should be beating the teams. Well, what what does that mean? Should they be blowing everybody out? Well, that's why TCU's coach Gary Patterson is getting fired. Well, Alabama's not blowing everybody out. So when I say they they shouldn't be two, maybe Alabama should be four. But should they be? Two, no, they should be four. In Cincinnati, we talked about Cincinnati. Oh, they shouldn't be ranked in the top four. Okay, if they do everything they did last year again, should they not deserve to be even five or six at this point? No, the the top four, the the, the four teams in the playoffs, this is not a lifetime achievement award. Okay. It, it, Cincinnati doesn't get credit for what they did last year. I really don't care. But they're still undefeated this year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean but so all they're get, doing is playing so, with so, their so schedule. Should UTSA be ranked fifth or sixth in the nation? They're no, but they should be in the top twenty-five, and they're Which not. They 
Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're sixteen right now. No, they're not in this in the in the uh, college bowl. Oh, yeah, they're not. They're not in the CFP. And that's my argument there. What? I, I said this to you guys during the pre-show. What is the college football playoff? What is it primarily? It is a TV show. TV show for it's meant yeah. to drive ratings and ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's not going to draw. We we get Notre Dame every year that they're kind of good, and they mm-hmm. always lay an egg. But we get them because they draw in the viewers. The reason Alabama's number two is. We're going to watch Alabama. Hate them or love them, we're going to watch Alabama. But the reason they're number two is because if they lose, they're still going to stay in the top four, even with two losses. And other teams are going to have either zero losses or one losses, and they're going to be behind Alabama. Well, I think that depends on how bad Georgia beats them. If Georgia lays a whooping on them, 42 to 20, Alabama's definitely out of the, the Good. top four. Good, I'll go with that. But if it's uh, but what if Alabama wins and Georgia ends up with one loss, then where does Georgia fall? Well, that's a scenario. I see the flip. They'll flip. And then what happens with Ohio State if they run the table? And it's, then Oklahoma's undefeated. Well. You're going to leave Oklahoma out? Well, well I mean, if Oregon wins out, you can't put Ohio State above Oregon. Exactly. Well, why not? Because it's head, head to head. Oh, okay, but Oregon played Michigan, Michigan State. See, this argument can happen all day, right, Mr. Blue Jeans? <laughs> or what's his green jeans, blue jeans? Well, you said Oregon played Michigan State? No, they played Ohio State. They played Ohio State. Yeah, and, Ohio be, State. and, and beat, beat Ohio them. State. They're in Columbus. In right. their in house. Columbus, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so if both those teams went out, there's no way Ohio State should go in and Oregon State. Ohio out. State wins out. Oregon's, Oregon wins out. Oregon goes and Ohio State goes home. But what if Georgia loses? Now, Georgia has a loss. Alabama has a loss. Or, or Ohio State has a loss and Oregon has a loss. Georgia loses to and Alabama? Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's undefeated. Okay, Georgia loses to Alabama. Georgia and Alabama are in. Let's yeah. let's just see. Let's just accept the fact yeah. that it's the SEC is going to win the national championship, yeah, and the yeah. other teams are there just yeah. for fodder. Yeah. So yeah. Michigan State wins out. I mean, Michigan State still has to play Ohio State, right? Yes. Yes. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see about that one. If Ohio State wins that, then they're in. Yeah, and then yeah, it's Georgia-Alabama. Oregon Ohio says, why are they in? We beat you guys, right? Yeah, well, Oregon yeah. and Ohio State would be in in that, in that yeah. scenario. Okay. I mean, this is... Yeah, and then, then that's, yeah. so I, I mean, could see that playing out if Ohio State does their job, uh, Georgia or Alabama, yeah. and then Oregon and Ohio State. I mean, this is this is just so much navel-gazing and, and mental masturbation. <laughs> for, 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 for a few more weeks. I mean, <laughs> for a few more there's, weeks. There's so much that can happen between now and, and, and they get done with their championships and their playoffs. And Cincinnati, I'm sorry to all the Bearcats fans out there. Yeah. You guys are being left out. And in my opinion, you're being left out for legitimate reasons. Yeah. You don't stand, in my opinion, you don't stand a chance against any of these four teams that are in the top four. And if I go down the list, uh, the other teams in the top 10, Ohio State, you're going to lose that game. Michigan, you're going to lose that game on a neutral field. Oklahoma, Wake Forest, well, okay, Notre Dame is 10th. Okay, you can Wake maybe is, win that What's game. Wake Forest's uh, record? Undefeated. And they play in the ACC in the, in the ACC, which is a Power Five well, conference. But Clemson, in the last four years, went undefeated in the ACC, and they play in the national championship. But Wake Forest goes undefeated now. They win the ACC. They're not going to get a chance of playing for the national championship. Jason, cut my mic off. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like to, to Brother Bob's point, it's about yeah. alumni following TV revenue. TV rate, yeah. At the end of the day, so we'll see with your expansion talk. Yeah. Maybe some of this will be solved, but then we'll be saying, well, why wasn't this team left out? But that's the beauty of it. Yeah.
Yeah, I mean, no matter how we, deep you go in this, we, we get sixty-four teams plus some playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to do the explicit tag for this week. Some playing <laughs> bullshit for the basketball tournament, <laughs> we're on a and, and we're still and we're still arguing about. Well, yeah. this team should be in and yeah. not and not left out. They're the seventieth best team in the basketball stuff. <laughs> You remember who won it all last year? Sickum Bears. That's true. Well, let's do this. Why don't we agree to disagree tonight? We all disagree. We all disagree. Pete, if you're out there, we're disagreeing. <laughs> Guys, we had a wonderful show. Thanks again to our guest, uh, Ryan Colby. And we will see you all next week. Sickum Bears. Sick Go Buckeyes, OHIO. Good evening.